are now listening to Lower Road Radio. Hey, welcome one and all to the number one podcast, winter, spring, and fall. Talking sports for the thrill of it all. Hey, talking life, but we're killing it all. Jason and Dan with the master plan. These are dangerous men with the mic in the hand. Huh? Four to five winners everywhere that we go. You're a part of the team. Lower Road Radio. Dad life, good life, bright lights in sight. All right. What? Dad life, good life, bright lights in sight. All right. Yeah. Dad life, good life, bright lights in sight. All right. What? Four to five winners everywhere that we go. You're a part of the team. Lower Road Radio. Let's get it. What? At Tanagra, when the walls fell, this is Dan Owings coming at you another time for Lower Road Radio with my co-host, as always, Jason. How are you doing today? Full. F-U-L. Full. <coughs> Jeez. Jeez. You shouldn't have taken that, that smoke break. Well, that's why I switched to menthol. Mm. It opens up the passages. Is that true? Uh-huh. Hmm. And uh, it allows you to breathe better. All I know is that menthol was one of the options given to the uh, teenagers yes. in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when they went to the uh, um, the hideout. This is why we rock. While we rock. And the guy's name. Sam Rockwell. Is Sam Rockwell. That up. Yeah. You want regular or menthol? If you know what I'm talking about, you use this huge smile on your face right now. It means you had a good childhood. Can I tell you that I've watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles recently within the last maybe six months? Yeah, I have too. The first one? Uh-huh. Great movie. Very, very good. I mean, I, I think I remembered it as something as that I watched when I was a kid. And then when I actually like really legitimately sat down to watch it, very good. It's emotional. It's dramatic. The action's good. I mean, it's it's got some cheesy lines, but it looks beautiful. Like the that's my favorite thing about it is just the way everything looks is so just well thought out. It's very nineteen ninety two. Yeah, nineteen ninety two was a good year for me. I don't know if that's when it I technically remember, came out, but probably pretty close. I'm gonna guess it came out. Ooh, that. Uh, you want to look it up? Yeah, I'll look I'm, it up. Okay, you're looking it up. Yeah, I'll I'm gonna guess up. 1990. You say 92. I say 90. I think it might have come yeah, out. You, you, yeah, you might be right on that one. You know what? I'm gonna change my guess to 89. Really? Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of what age I was when I watched it. And we went to the movie theater to see it. That is true. So I remember. I remember that experience. 1990. 1990. Oh, first guess is normally your best. First, what do they say? I don't know what they say. First guess, best guess, I think, is what now, they say. Now, a year later, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. They were a little quick to the gun on that one. Yeah, if they were just a little bit more patient, I yeah. feel like it could have paid off. Why was Casey Jones not in it? And there was a different April O'Neil. Yeah, the April O'Neil thing hurt me a lot. Yeah. And it had Kato, like some weird... Kato like, Kalen? Japanese oh, pizza yeah, the, delivery guy. I didn't mind him. I thought he. Was I know, but of, like you just added him and took away Casey Jones. Like yeah, I, he wasn't part of anything. Yeah, add what was him, he? but keep Casey Jones. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It felt disjointed. Uh-huh. It was not. It almost felt like a different movie. I was watching. What was I watching the other day? Oh, um, oh, my Netflix suggestion of the week. Maybe last week or the week before. Wallander. Kenneth Branagh. He's this reporter. I'm sorry, not reporter. He's a detective, and uh, in this BBC murder show and his dad in the show let me just say i don't know if i said this last time mm-hmm. there's a lot of bbc murders going on lots of bbc you don't want to live in a little town in, in england at you, in any time era no you're gonna straight up get murdered like the ratio of murders and mm, all the time all i mean it's very it's, high it's happening yeah so i'm watching it and this kenneth Branagh, his father is this older gentleman and he's a main character on the show and I see him, I'm like, why do I know him? Like, and I, and I am just, I'm racking my brain. And it was the scientist in the secret oh, of the news. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the company? I, I don't T- know. I wanted to say TGIF, but it's not TGIF. It's something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he was the scientist okay. that was being yeah. interviewed. It was like. I had that moment one time. We were watching. Something it was like midnight. Uh, my wife had already fallen asleep, and a commercial comes on, and it was the original April O'Neil. Oh. And I hadn't seen her in you know like thirty years. I mean, not since we were kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And I immediately piped up really, really loud. That's April O'Neil. Because like mm-hmm. it caught me off guard. Right. Woke her up. She was not happy. I'd be, I'd have been thrilled. Yeah. The like, original April O'Neil. The original April O'Neil. Listen, you wake me up for the second April O'Neil. Whatever. It was fine. The original. <laughs> shut up. You think she asked for too much money? I don't know. Because I, it was successful. I mean, that's why they immediately turned around and made a second one. It had to have been she asked for too much money. You think so? They also updated the costumes. And that bothered me a little mm. bit. I feel like, you know, they were a little bit more animated. Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight, they were probably better costumes. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it just didn't go with the first one. Once again, it felt disjointed. It didn't feel like a continuation. Yeah. The first one was so good. TGRI was the name of the yes. science uh, company. Science. Lab. Lab. Whatever. TGRI. I, T- I, I said TGIF. I Toka. Know I was close. Razor. And I didn't mind go. them. They were fine. Play. Go. No, you're you're mixing the two. He says go play. Toka Razar. Go play. No. Right? Go play is uh what's the guy that uh, the the Chinese guy, I'm sorry. Japanese. Um, the um get it right. Is he Japanese? Yes. The bald guy uh-huh. who 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 is the sensei? What's yeah. his name? I don't know. Anyway, um he he like breaks up a fight or something and then he like pushes them off in that warehouse that we we're talking about earlier. Yeah. And he goes, "Go play." I'm pretty sure it's Toka Razor. Go play. Uh, I'm going to look it up, and you're going to be wrong. Listen, that's another podcast. No we don't need to go down that road. No matter what you slice it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, go watch it. If you've seen it, enjoy it again. If it's... you've never seen it, you're welcome. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um, I stand by that. Would you let your kids watch it? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you and I have different... That's true. I have uh, tighter boundary lines as yes. far as what I let my kids watch and yours are a little bit more open than What that. are you trying to say? Exactly what you just said. <laughs> I just think you're a little stingy when it comes to movie watching. Okay. You open up the doors a little bit. I'm I'm going to sleep pretty well tonight. Okay. What I let my kids watch and what I don't let them watch. Yeah, my kids don't sleep that well. Teddy crawled into bed with us cuz he has nightmares. Well, anyway. yeah, it's cuz yeah. he was watching Freddy Krueger. So It wasn't Freddy. It was Ghost uh, have you seen Goosebumps 2, the second one? No. Well, the first one was pretty good. Second one, not as good. It was okay. But my kids love it. Uh-huh. And there's a little uh, wooden dummy. I bet there is. Slappy dummy, and yeah. it comes to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teddy has nightmares from Slappy dummy. Well, there you go. All right, Jason. Every week, we come in with the heat. Blazing, white hot, with our three and three segment. Because there are three things that we got to talk about. What is your first thing? Okay, so this is a uh, a dynamic conversation on the first one. It's multifaceted. Is that a word? It's two words. Multi is a pre. <laughs> Whatever, go. My wife has been gone for four or five days. Right. She just got back today. Right. Which immediately throws not only my life into chaos, sure, but also yours. A little bit. A little bit. Not as much as yours. <laughs> not as much as mine. My life is chaotic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she left, I, gosh, I can't remember, early Sunday morning, Saturday night, late Saturday night, mm-hmm. to Florida. She got back today. So she was only gone technically Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and half a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But that three and a half days feels like three and a half weeks. Sure. I am not cut out to be a single parent. Mm, no. And someone say not even a parent. Not even a a <laughs> co-parent. <laughs> Why did they even let me have kids? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like who let me who let me do this? Some yes, yeah, somebody happened. failed somewhere. Somewhere along the line, somebody somebody dropped yeah. the ball. Yeah. And I ended up with 5. <laughs> so so society, you're welcome. <laughs> Cuz in 20 years there's going to mm. be some interesting people running around. Right. And five of them will be mine. And uh, so here's here's my question: What? Because I think you're you fall in a similar boat, except your kids are a little bit older and less crazy. Mm-hmm. What rules apply when mom's there, not there? Are you more firm? Are you stricter? Do are you harsh? Like you got to go to bed, or are you more loose? And furthermore. Mm-hmm. Meals, mm-hmm. meals in my house are 
chaotic with one parent. Right. Now, if there's two parents, we'll take turns where it's like, listen, I got home from work. She had a rough day. I'll grill out hamburgers and hot dogs. Mm -hmm. You pass that off. But when one person is doing all of the responsibilities, Mm -hmm. you're doing laundry and meals and food and giving, making sure they're all clean. Mm -hmm. It's chaotic. Yeah. Tell me how to handle this. Well, um, you know, there's two questions. There's what would I do if my wife left for a few days? And there's what would I would do? What what would I do if, if I were you? Yes. Because yes, those these are, are two different things. Those yes. are two different things. F- first one, what would I would, the rules would be out the window. It would be fun dad time and stay up as late as you want. Do whatever you want. Eat what you want. We're going to have fun and yes. just goof around the whole time. Yes. Um, remember we, we used that word boundaries earlier, you know, um, you know, you, you need a little, uh, more, uh, solid firm boundaries. Yes. So I think in your situation, not not just for me, but my kids Yes, for your kids. That's exactly what I I mean. I also need some boundaries. Mm -hmm. I get that. Sure. Um, so, so in, in that situation, it, it, I think, uh, you, you lay down some, some solid boundaries, uh, tight rules like this is going to be the way it is and then on the last night or the last day or whatever if you want to open it up a little bit you can but it's easier to start yes more strict and then to kind of let up than to start as fun and then be like then be the bad see that's where i went wrong because she left she was gone all day sunday so Mm. sunday was a fun day for us sure Mm -hmm. it was crazy this is the way it's gonna be when mom's gone this is gonna be awesome yeah we ordered pizza monday's coming yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it got worse and worse and worse. We had to wake up at five in the morning to get everybody up and dressed and bathed, and yeah. it was awful. Yeah, awful, and over daylight savings, so we lost an hour over the weekend. Yeah, I know it was the bad. It was a bad week to do it. It was a bad week to do it. Well, the boys seemed to in, enjoy themselves. I mean, they they said, "Can we keep on doing this?" <laughs> oh, dropping them off. Yeah. So, like every morning, I was dropping them off at your house because I had yeah. to be at work at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, you were gracious enough to watch my kids for well, know, I mean, an hour in, and a half. In in my defense or whatever, you didn't know about it. Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> uh, they were just. I heard a honk. Uh huh. I open up the door. Beep, beep. They're standing there, and then <laughs> squeals from your tires. And I'm like, well, I guess this is happening. Have fun, kids. <laughs> you no. literally threw cereal. Out the window, you know what I mean. To I my, had to go down the road and pick it. To up. my credit, though, <laughs> I gave you four large giant bags they of were cereal, like garbage bags full yes, of cereal, huge, mm-hmm. ginormous, industrial yeah. sized bags of yeah. cereal. Well, two of them weren't touched, and uh, the the uh, Captain Crunch Berry, yeah, whatever version was that. That was, it's almost gone. Really? Yeah. See, we haven't bought that in a long time. I was curious. Well, and was the it. other one Apple Jacks? So Apple Jacks, some of the Apple Jacks were eaten. Yes. Mini wheats, not touched. Honeycombs, not touched. Okay. So just so you know. I went – see, I was thinking of you. Mm-hmm. I tried to purchase cereal that was going to be finger food. Mm-hmm. And I brought disposable cups, like the big red Solo cups that they could just dump them in. Mm-hmm. You throw it away when yeah, you're done. Worked out. You're not getting out bowls of cereal and spoons and all this other stuff. And you brought like fruity pebbles would not be a great option. I didn't know you you had you had brought milk. Yes. And Gideon, the first morning, I was sitting there reading in, in the kitchen, <laughs> and he comes in. He's like, "Do you guys have milk?" And I said, "Yeah. Do you you want you want a cup of milk?" And yeah. He said, "Yeah." And and so he goes and pours the milk, and I said, "Well, you got to eat. You drink it in the kitchen. You can yes. take the dry cereal right. in the living room." Right. Okay. And he gets halfway through the thing, and he goes, "I was gonna drink." The milk that my dad brought, but it smells weird. <laughs> I was like, your dad brought milk? <laughs> He's like, yeah. I was like, wait, well, you need to drink the milk your dad brought. Yeah. I looked at it. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. You literally had the exact same cereal that, or Even milk the that date. we had. I didn't check the dates. Okay. But Listen, all the I, other kids were drinking it, and they were fine. Yes, you know? it was fine. I checked yeah. it before oh, no, I brought I it. I believe it was fine, but yeah. I just – that was like – like as he's drinking it, I was just drinking the milk that my dad brought. It, it smells funny. I'm like <laughs> – You're drinking my milk? See, I brought cereal. Mm-hmm. I brought milk. I brought disposable cups. No, it was all good. We, they just yeah. watched cartoons in the morning and uh, sat there. I mean, it ruined Abby's vibe a little bit. Oh, I'm like, sure why it are did. these wild animals in my house? Yeah. So she just kind of hung out in her room and, you know, yeah. did her own thing. You know? Okay. So now that she's Shelby- got a very strict morning routine. Yes. Abby does. Yeah. That, uh, that got thrown off. But it's good for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I like. So it's good for her. We don't mm-hmm. continue. I'll, I'll do it again tomorrow. You, you don't even want to do that because you don't want to wake up. No, I don't want to wake yeah. up. Mm-hmm. It's awful yeah. for me. Yeah. 
the older two, they, they're self-sufficient. We were almost late to school today. How's that possible? I was early. I left early, and uh, I went to turn where I normally turn, but then two like big work trucks pulled in front, and they were uh-huh. going slow, and I was like, I don't want to go that way. I'll get stuck behind those guys. Yeah. I'll go this way. And you know, going to school, there's like seven different ways you can yeah. go that are basically within two minutes of one another. I'll go this way. So I go this way, and I never take Owens Road. I know this is super inside baseball. Nobody cares about this. I never take Owens Road. Never. And I thought, well, I'll just go up Owens Road. It'll be fine. Train pull- stopped as at the I'm tracks. As I'm pulling up, yeah. the things are coming down. Yeah. I'm like... But the train's going, I'm like, it's fine. I'm early. Yeah. I mean, I have plenty of time. Yes. It's the longest train I've ever seen. And it was progressively getting slower at a rate that yes. you didn't really know it was happening <laughs> until it was too late. And then basically, it's like almost comes to a stop. And I can't see the end of it. Oh, gosh. And so I had to turn around. I had to go all the way to like two roads down because yeah. it was still in front of the other one. We barely made it in time. So... <laughs> Anyway, and Abby See, wasn't even what, with me because she was homesick yeah, today. Yeah, that's pretty so, great. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, I'm like, just take them home. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just drop I mean, them off. Yeah, well. They'll play video it games was all a, day. It was the kind of train that um, it didn't – it was just uh, the 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 – it didn't have any boxes on it. Okay, like right? flatbed. Yeah, it was the flatbeds. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, they could hop this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. If I just, it's not that far. We're to talking school. like maybe, maybe a mile from school at this point. <laughs> not even. I mean, they could hop on top of that. Yeah, you know, roll over. You know, I crawl mean, Teddy would probably have to crawl under. Yeah. and yeah. so would Gus. But I think Gideon could. Oh, hop he would have went over the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Even so, on a box car, mm-hmm. he probably would have went over yeah. the top. So I almost did that, but then I thought, eh, I don't think so. So, <laughs> but. But you, you're you're uh, you're back in business now because you have help, and so you're not a oh, single gosh. dad anymore. So so now shout I out left to her all the single dad. Yeah, I left her at home for the last eight hours, and right. I've been out running around. How you like that? Living the high life. Mm-hmm. You want to be a single parent? Yeah, have fun. This is what you left me with. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, that should work out well for you. So, <laughs> um, my first thing is the other day I sent you a picture, and I was at I was in downtown Columbus, uh, went to eat. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. And uh, there's a toy store called Big Fun, I think was the name of the toy store. And uh, so, well, let's go in here. And it was all like a ton of like vintage toys, like G.I. Joes and Transformers and all this stuff that we used to play with when we were kids. So they got a bunch of old stuff. And they're selling Desert Storm Tops trading cards. Yes. I don't remember the last time I thought about these, but we collected these. I have them. I still have them. Have you looked them up? They're in my garage. Have you looked up the price of these? No. It's disappointing. I was like, when I thought about them for the first time, I thought, we have all of these. You yes. Know? I mean, listen. There was two different brands. Like, Tops was one, and mm. then I think there was like... I got to feel like the Tops one is more uh You know, I felt like the other one was. You think so? I really do. Well, the Tops one, I definitely recognized it. Yes. And that's what they had. Yeah. You know, I mean, are those cards worth a lot of money? No. Am I giving up my Saddam Hussein rookie card for anybody? No. I'm going to hold on to that thing, you know. How great would it be if they had stats on the back, you know, for Saddam Hussein? I don't know how great that would have been. (laughs) Murdered so many of his own people. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, no, that's a horrible idea. It was was, uh, war propaganda. And at a time that you wouldn't think war propaganda would exist. But that's what it was. We had... We had war trading cards. There yeah. was a Dick Cheney. Did you know this? Yeah. Yeah, because he was the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. I mean, at your house, you have a Dick Cheney trading card, a George yeah, Bush. I, that is a true. Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Some other Colin Powell. Like, generals from, yeah. from, um, from um, Iraq and, yeah. and, and, and all of these things. And, you know, it's also like... It was the, a coalition. So there's even some France generals and yeah. British generals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've got so, the whole set. I've got I, I would have bought one. I should have. I almost thought about it. I should have opened it here. I know. That would have been great. It was only $1.52. Why didn't you buy it? I don't know why I didn't do it. I was. That would have been know. great. I was in downtown Columbus on a high, getting stuff to eat. It was my cheat day. So uh, I got that going for me now. It's I've had a lot of cheat days recently. Yeah. I. Uh, it was a good day. I'm not going to lie. But I said no to ice cream. At the end of the day, I was going to get it. No, actually, I did get ice cream. <laughs> I just said no to it once, and then I got it later. Uh, like, that no, figured. I'll get it later. <laughs> not I'm not going to do it now. I don't. I mean, I just now. ate. I just had a Monte Cristo at uh, the Melt. I don't know what that is. Do you know what a Monte Cristo is? No. Listen, I am. I'm going to explain to you the Monte Cristo. Is and it like a Reuben? What you're going to say 
it's a sandwich. What you're going to say is that doesn't sound very good. And I don't know what to tell you other than this is a really good sandwich. It's like my favorite sandwich. I'm listening. It's a ham and cheese sandwich. It doesn't sound very good. I'm not done. On marble bread. Battered and deep fried. Mm. And then it com- and then powdered What's the sugar. Bread? What's the bread? I don't know. Just bread. And then powdered sugar sprinkled on top, dipped in a raspberry sauce. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think I'd like it. I told you that when I explained it to you, you were going to think it's not very good. When it was explained to me, I've had one of these, like, I don't know, years ago. I used to get it at this other restaurant. When I had a Monte Cristo, somebody told me about it. They're like, it's great. You're going to love it. And I read what it was. I said, this is not going to be that good. It's great. If you've had a Monte Cristo, write into the show and let us know. Anyway, I highly recommend the Monte Cristo at The Melt in downtown Columbus. I highly recommend the uh, sourdough breakfast sandwich at Carl's Jr. Also, if you go to The Melt in downtown Columbus, they've got like 10 pinball machines. Like old school? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Some lady came in. I'd say she was 45 with a fanny pack full of quarters, and I saw her play pinball for two hours. She sure plays a mean pinball. So that's my first thing. Desert Storm trading cards. Our friend Joe. This is my second thing. We got a couple friends named Joe. That is true. Shoeless Joe. Okay. For our inside audience. Uh, Shoeless Joe sent me a Facebook link Uh to a story. Uh Uh-huh. Preseason baseball. Uh Uh-huh. Guys going with a no-hitter. Okay. In preseason. Preseason. Yeah. Someone decides to drop a bunt. <laughs> okay. So the question becomes, is this fair or foul? Is this something? Now, listen, this conversation could be both preseason and regular season, mm-hmm. and maybe they're different. Or maybe postseason. I mean, maybe these are all different scenarios. Okay. I know what my gut is. Okay. I want to hear what your gut is. My gut is... It's baseball. It It's completely fair. It's completely on the table. Bunt whenever you want to bunt. I got no problem with it Preseason, whatsoever. regular season, postseason. Yeah, it's all the same. I mean, if I had to, I would scale it towards postseason, that it's the most acceptable during the postseason, and, and then, you know, maybe not so much during the regular season, although I think it is, and then maybe preseason you figure it doesn't really matter. But if that guy was told by his coach that day, listen, today I want you to work on bunting, and so go out there and bunt because this is the preseason, you know, yeah, you bunt. Yeah. I'm in 100% agreement. Yeah. And it's rare that we both agree 100% on something. Rare. But it's absolutely true. So, like, the new thing right now, um, this is going against Bryce Harper. I don't know. Have you seen this? They started putting four outfielders out there. So, well, you get rid of one of the... You slide back your third baseman. Okay. Into an outfield, and you have four outfielders going across. Yeah. So they're playing around with this tactic, not with just Bryce Harper, but with a handful of other guys. And so far, against... It's you know it's another shift, mm-hmm. you know, like shifting everybody to the left side. Mm-hmm. Now they're shooting people to the outfield. And so far, people batting against it is batting 189. Yikes. Which is far below average. Yeah. So there's there's guys that they just punch it over the infield and land in the outfield all the time. Are you pro shift? I am pro shift. Well, I know. See, you're okay, pro. so here's the thing. To me, mm-hmm. I uh, there there are, there are baseball people who say you shouldn't shift, you shouldn't drop the bunt. These are unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. You know what? It's a bunch of baloney. Bunch of baloney. You do. Whatever it takes on the defense. You have nine players out there on the field. Mm-hmm. Put them wherever you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to drop eight people in the outfield, do it. Mm-hmm. Now, that would be tough. You would have to pitch from really, really far away. But if you chose to do that, then figure that out. Right. Um, I guess you'd have to pitch from the mound. So you, you, at most, you could have seven in the outfield. But absolutely do it. Shift eight guys around to the left side of the field. Do it. If that's where he always hits... It's your job as a defense to stop it. So here's my view. If there is not a rule against it, you should do it. Yes. If it helps you at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Now – Don't change the rules either. So that's my thing. I would like I would like it if there was a rule that said, you know, these are the positions that we want people to be in. And Why? 
Because it would create more offense, and I want more offense. No, no. Listen, it it actually would create more. No, offense. it would not. Well, Listen, you're wrong. You are wrong on this. Okay, so they shift everybody around to the right side because the left-handed guy cannot hit it to third base. Yeah, learn to drop a bunt to third base. Yeah, but they don't. You, but see, that's that that's the problem of the offense. That's not the defensive problem. Okay, from the defense's perspective, don't, don't point at me. Listen, I'm like upset right now. Wow, I can. From the defensive perspective, you do whatever it takes. You shift everybody around. It's fine. It's the offensive job to get a hit. Is on the offense. I understand. It's on the offense. It's not on the defense. You're dictating to the defense to make better offense. You know what? Dictate to the offense. If they shift everybody around, you have to bunt. That would cause more offense. And honestly, it would prevent the shift. If they started dropping a bunt towards third base and he could walk to first, they would stop shifting. I would assume that if it was that easy, the, all of these major league teams would be doing it. But they're not. I mean, What do you mean? What I'm saying is if it was just so easy to say, well, just drop a bunt. If they, if, if they don't put a third baseman out there, they're just, just They don't even try to drop the bunt. That's the thing. Well, because saying- it's all about analytics and statistics and all this stuff they're like okay even our left-handed hitter even with the shift he's still going to bat 300 mm-hmm. which is a better percentage and they, they run all the numbers and it's stupid because i'm telling you right now you could drop a button get on base 70 percent of the time maybe do not. it do it maybe they, they don't even try they don't even try well, to drop the bunt. no i do know because i watch it i love baseball they never drop the bunt it never happens that's on the offense that's okay. not on the defense okay well, I feel like they should make a rule. On that, we disagree. You said it's rare that we agree. Communism, man. You're dictating to everybody what you can do. There are all sorts of rules in all sorts of sports. I mean, you can't be like, well, how about we make a rule that the pitcher can pitch from 10 feet? You should be able to pitch. What if he wants to pitch from the third base? There are all no, sorts no, no, of rules. No, listen, it uh, would be the equivalent. Because you and I have had this conversation about soccer before. It'd be the equivalent of saying, we're going to rewrite it to where you can be offsides. No, that would completely change the game. I know, but you know what? It would cause more scoring. It wouldn't. Com- it would, yes. But this it's rule more would offense. not completely change the game. It would make the game feel more like it did like in when baseball was great. We're going to make baseball great again? That's what I want to do. I don't want to change the way it was. I want it to be back the way it was. No. And all of this modern, like all the shifting and stuff, it makes it, it's just, it's just not as fun. I like it. It's more fun for me when it's like it, like what's the way that I think baseball should be. <laughs> when you were 12 I'm years old. I'm not trying to change it. I'm trying to bring it back to the way it no. was. It has changed. Here's the problem. It has changed because they don't play small ball anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to bunt. It's a home run or a strikeout. Those are your choices. Nobody hits for singles. Ichiro was the last one to do it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm telling you, things go in cycles. And right now, the long ball, that's it. I'm telling you, there's going to be a cycle. There's going to be a team that come up, and they're going to, they're going to play small ball, and they're going to win the whole thing. You think so? Yes. Everything goes in cycles. It happens. It absolutely happens. Well, not everything goes in cycles. You know, in sports, like, things go in cycles all the time. Because right now, like, like think the about the 1930s NFL offense is not coming back. Well, a hybrid of it has. So, like, you know, the option now they have the, um, you know, wildcat quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's an option of what they ran. It's a version you know why of they what call they call a wildcat. The, no, I learned that this week. Kansas State. Oh, they're the first ones to do it? Mm-hmm. Bill Snyder. But do you see, they took something that was popular 100 years ago and reinvented it and ran it today, and it works. I mean, they weren't doing the Wildcat because the Wildcat is out of a shotgun. So It's a version of what they were doing. It's just running. Yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you. So, like, even in the NBA, there was a time where um, centers were the big thing. Like, mm. you had to have a man in the paint. Yeah. And then now it's a three-point shot. Yeah. Right. There's going to come a time where the big men are going to be valuable again. You'll get a shack. You'll get a big guy in there who's going to dominate the paint, and nobody will be able to stop him because everybody in the court is five foot six and can shoot a three. Yeah. Well, the a shack only comes along like once every fifty years. That's the problem. Things go in cycles. Not this everything what, does. Lots of things go in cycles. Okay, lots of things do, but not everything does. Some things just change and they never go back because 
this is a very competitive field and they're not going to they're going to do what they think helps them win like Period. shift like shift and if the statistics say that hitting through the shift is statistically better than trying to bunt then that's what they're going to keep on doing so that I'm 100% okay with make this make baseball great again just give me I want a third baseman I want a shortstop. <laughs> I want a second baseman. I want a... Pretty soon, we're not even be able to give these people positions anymore. It'll just be like they're all floating. You know, they're all all over. It'll just be it'll just be fielder. You know, fielder. Like, a. what are we gonna do for the all? It's just 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 go back no, to listen, the way it was. First of all, just go back to the way it was. They they play that way for everybody out there except for a handful of guys. They shift like in the whole league. They shift for fifteen guys. I disagree. You think there's only 15 guys in the league that are getting, getting shifted for? I yeah. think there's two guys on a team. Each team has oh, two guys. No. no, that would be – that's high. It happens a lot. When I'm watching baseball, it seems like it's as off – it seems – I think it's twice – I think it's twice per team is getting a shift. I don't think so. Nobody shifted for anybody on the Reds last year. Well. Against the Reds. Well. You want to run the numbers? <laughs> We I watched a lot of Reds games and I watch a lot of Indians games. I don't know if anybody shifted on the Indians. Well, they shifted for Ramirez, I think. Not all the time. Occasionally. So that's occasionally they one for, guy uh, in one Encarnacion. He's a Encarnacion. All right, that's enough of that. My second thing. I'm just bouncing around between two different things. We'll do the thing where I, I, I have you pick again. How's that sound? Okay. Do you want to talk about my kids, uh, two of my kids are going to a Star Trek convention this weekend, or do you want to talk about the fact that uh, a town called Fuchstall in Germany just ran out of their 12-year supply of toilet paper? Hmm. I think the Star Trek convention. Okay. Um, my kids are going to a Star Trek convention in Indianapolis. <laughs> On Saturday. Um, you know, it's the girls are going. Okay, is this – who initiated this? Um, R- Riley uh, Slob. Okay. Okay. She's a huge Star Trek fan. So much so, she's writing a book, right? She's she's writing two books. I've read okay. one of them. Not She's not done with it. It's actually yeah. really good. Like, it better get published because I've read other Star Trek books and it's every bit as good as anyone I've ever written. Okay. So it's really good. Um, but uh, yeah, she's a huge Star Trek fan, giant Star Trek fan. Okay. And uh, so there's a Star Trek convention in Indianapolis this weekend. And a uh, friend of the show, A.A. Ron, that's uh, her husband, is going to take her. And uh, she wanted to know if my daughter's, uh, if, well, she wanted to know if we all wanted to go. Yeah. Um, actually, that kind of sounds like fun just to, you yeah. know. Put on the old Spock ears, and you know, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't. I couldn't go, so I asked the girls uh, and uh, and Levi if they wanted to go, and the girls want to go. So um, I think we should have uh, Riley on the show sometime and talk some Star Trek. Do you like just Star Trek drafts or uh, Star Trek um, Mount Rushmore? Uh, Mount Rushmore, yeah. just nonstop. Yeah, she would have some. So the thing about her though is she is heavy first uh, original s- original series. Okay. Um, like, We're heavy next generation. She's watched, I think, the next yeah. generation, but I don't think it was till after she met me. I think I made her watch oh, it. Oh gosh! So, so she did Voyager. Not and only Deep Space is she original Nine. series, but she's not even movies. Like what? She's not even. Then she's not a real Trekkie. Um. Well, she reads a lot of Star Trek books, and she watches the original series like all the time. The new movies are excellent. Well, she likes the new movies. Okay, what I'm saying is she hasn't even watched all the old movies. Like the Wrath of Khan. Yeah, and some stuff. of those. Wrath of Khan is great. Well, I the agree. F- the first one is mm-hmm. awful with Christy Alley. It's really long. It's bad. But Christy Alley, though. Come on. What are we talking about? So, um, yeah, I don't know if I should be concerned, you know, uh, to get my uh, daughters in- involved in this Star Trek culture or not uh, to that level. I mean, watching it at home is one thing, but yeah. going to a convention, I just, I just don't know what to think about all this. I. I would be a little worried. Should I be? I, I should be worried, you think? Although, I will say this, though. Um, they could probably, you know, I know they're on the younger side, and I'm not trying to push anything on them at this point in their life. There's probably going to be some wealthy. Like future billionaires. Future billionaires mm-hmm. in the room that they can make good connections with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. There's a Steve Jobs in that room. Sure. Yeah. A 12 year old Steve Jobs that your daughter can marry and then you can retire. And he can buy me a beach house and then I'm good. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I would say, yeah, promote that. Make that happen. Make it so? Make it so, Kat. <laughs> Engage. All right. There you go. What's your uh, third thing? Our Wait, friend Derek. Are you on your third thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on my third okay. thing already. Boy, this show's flying. Yeah, we're at 35 minutes. So Really? Jeez. So uh, our friend, mutual friend. Uh-huh. Future guest. Yes. Derek Smith. Right. Has already reserved his spot in Cleveland for the Super Brown the the Super Bowl yeah parade that the Browns are going to host. He's reserved a spot. Uh huh. There's you... already an event. Yeah. Created on Facebook. Odell Beckham Jr. is now officially a Cleveland Brown. Well, I know that. And as soon as this has happened, mm-hmm. the parade has been announced. Uh, listen, listen, uh, uh, Vegas. Vegas, when they found uh, out about this, uh-huh. he, the Browns are third in the AFC. That's not because they think they're, they're the behind. best team in the AFC. It's no. because they know that if they make the number that way, it'll draw bets. All they care no. about is the most bets. They don't, they're not predicting. No, they are predicting. No, they're not predicting. They're, they're putting the line at a place where they know they can get 50-50 on each side. So something big like this happens. It sways the public, so they have to change the line so that they can get 50-50 on both sides and they can make the most amount of money. They're not predicting. They're trying to make the most amount of money they can. Vegas is predicting no, stop. that the Browns are mm-hmm. going to win the AFC North, and they're third in the AFC behind the Patriots and the Chiefs. Okay. It's this not, is going to happen. It's not going to happen. Worst to first, baby. It happens. Listen, this is the, this is Cleveland. This is what happens. You got a little bit of hope, and that's what's going to make the pain even worse. You're going to be you're going to win less games next year than you did this year. No. And as crazy? a Browns fan, it Fine. hurts me, you know. You're wearing a Bengals shirt right yeah, now. But it's not the one with the stripes, so you wouldn't know if it didn't <laughs> it say Bengals. It says Bengals <laughs> right over top of it. You should scratch that off. If you really want to be a real Browns fan, mm-hmm. as you claim you are, I wearing am. your Bengals shirt, hoodie, uh-huh. yeah. you need to scratch that Bengals off. I really like this shirt. Um, Yeah, it's not going to happen. They're going to win less games next year than they did this no, year. No, they're going to win 10 games. All right, let's put money on it. I say they win. How many did they win this year? Five. I said they win four. They win seven. Something's going to happen. To ten. The moment he gets to town, him and Baker are going out on a bender. They're going to get drunk driving, you know, charges. I mean, it's it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I mean, these are all possibilities. And, and the hope. I get that. The hope that you have now will make the pain even worse. See, that's the problem. See, see it's not just being bad every year for 50 years is is not good but it's the random every 6 or 7 years you get yourself a Derek Anderson that takes you to the playoffs <laughs> and then you think maybe this is it maybe he's the next whatever and then that's what makes it sting next year when you find out no we're just really bad at this no this is this is going to happen okay we're going to win the AFC North mhm we're going to go to the playoffs hey and listen if we if Tom Brady takes us down listen he's the goat I'm okay with that. Okay. The Chiefs are really, really hot. They're really, really talented. If the Chiefs take us down, I get it. Yeah. But those are the only two teams that might but take you, us down. But you think you got a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. All right, man. I mean, hopefully from your lips to Roger Goodell's ears, as far as I'm concerned, you know. We need to pay these refs off and make it happen. Maybe, maybe Let's make that's Cleveland what... great again. Cleveland would explode if they won the Super Bowl. We've talked about this before, but it's true. Of all the major sports, yeah. Indians winning the World Series or the Cavs winning the NBA playoffs or the Browns winning the Super Bowl, of those possibilities, the Browns winning the Super Bowl would it'd be a meltdown. If you combined be, the Indians and the Cavs, it still wouldn't be as big as the Browns. It maybe half. Yeah. The excitement, enthusiasm from the Indians, they're gonna have to shut down the, the city for like a week if that happens. Yes, nobody's gonna go into work. I mean, I'm not concerned about it because it's not gonna happen. But it would be the biggest thing that ever happened at Cleveland. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be fabulous. I'm excited. Why can't you be happy? You're so negative. You know, as a Browns fan, you're I... not a Browns fan. 
You're wearing a Bengals hoodie right now. <laughs> Cavs, Browns, Indians. That's what I am. Go back and listen to previous episodes. That's not the case. Mm. This just happened. Me being... You had a coffee in Cleveland. Yeah. Randomly. It was called Erie, the Erie Lake Coffee. Yeah. Lake Erie Coffee Company. And now instantly you're a Cleveland everything cup. fan. It was a good cup of coffee. I also had a good cup of coffee. I had an Americano in downtown uh, Columbus on Monday. It's really good. Really good. Is I've had three good Americanos in my life. That was one of them. Is the Columbus crew officially staying in Columbus? Yeah, they're, they're staying. Mm-hmm. It's a lock, right? It's a lock, yeah. Okay. So the the new season at ML recently just started. I know. I'm going to a game in two weeks. Really? Yeah. They're going to play the Atlanta team oh, that, yeah. that won the whole thing last year. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty excited about it. Taking Levi? Taking the whole family. Mm. It's going to be a whole family experience. You're going to have a, like a smoke bomb and a huge flag? And yep. All of that. Paint your faces? Bring you. Glory to Columbus. I'm excited about it. Dude, I've been watching a lot of soccer. A lot of yeah. soccer. Yeah. Every Saturday and Sunday. I set my alarm for 7 in the morning mm-hmm. on Saturday. It's a great thing. I wake up, I drink my coffee, and I watch soccer until noon. I could watch soccer all day. Yeah. That's the way I feel. Yeah. Liverpool beat Bayern Munich today. Did you know that? Oh, and the champions. Yeah. I mean, it's just the first, I think, leg, but still, big deal. I'm telling you, I think Tottenham could win this. No. Yes. No. It's going to happen. I hope so. Why are you so negative about everything? Every team that we like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not going to happen. They're not good. They can't win. You're setting yourself – you're just – Listen. You're projecting negativity. I'd rather, you know, assume the worst is going to happen and be pleasantly surprised than assume the best is going to happen and be more disappointed. It's a miserable way to live because, listen, I'm happy every day because I'm hopeful. I know that. You're miserable. <laughs> You're miserable every day because, oh, we suck. It's Cleveland. Ugh. Hey, it's just the curse. I'd rather be happy every day. Being and a lifelong be dis- Cleveland fan like I am. <laughs> for 35 days. It's uh, You've been a Cleveland fan for 35 days. I mean, I think I visited Cleveland in the fall. So it's been a few Three months. Three or four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My third thing, final thing, uh, really not much to it. But uh, on uh, YouTube TV, there's a uh, Olympic channel. Yeah. And uh, I like it. Uh, I do too. <laughs> I mean, if there's nothing to watch, just give me some curling yes. or some cross-country skiing yes. or whatever it is, and I'm happy. We do watch a lot of Olympic channel. It's good. It, it really is good. It's really good. And I don't have anything else to say other than if there was specifically cross-country skiing – and the biathlon, which I'm a big fan of, both of those things. Um, if if that was on all the time, I would watch it all the time. I can't get enough of I, it. I, I can watch a lot of curling. Curling's a lot of fun. I still don't understand the rules, but I watch quite a bit of it. I don't completely understand the scory. There's um, – this is – are you done with that topic? Yeah, I'm done. So there's uh, something on Netflix – which we're getting ready to segue into here, but well, this is not my Netflix suggestion of the week. Okay, unless you've watched it, which I doubt it. It just came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the equivalent of the Sutherland soccer special that Netflix did. Sunderland, but it's it's uh, cricket. You know what? I saw it. I didn't watch it, you but saw, I like, saw that it was on. It. Yeah, like did I you am, watch it? No, not yet. I'm I really going want to. to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. Um, first of all, I don't know anything about cricket. I've tried to watch it and I can't. You gotta like, have a crumpet to play cricket. Cricket? You got that's the second, second time. Yeah. Second. Come on. What are we talking about? I don't know. The I have no idea cricket. It makes no sense to me uh, whatsoever. Have you tried to watch it? Yes. I've tried to. Like Like in India? Like cricket is like a huge It's massive. Thing. It's bigger than anything. I've tried to watch it for like an hour straight. Yes. And then thought, okay, I'm really gonna, but I think I'm I think too much baseball. But I'm baseball is so like ingrained in me yes. that all I th- can think about is baseball. But then things happen that don't make sense. <laughs> and uh, they say a cricket game can last like five days. Really? You know? Yeah. So I don't completely understand it. But. I don't get it. But I'm hoping that this documentary is informational and educational. Mm-hmm. That when I'm done. I will have an appreciation for it okay. because there's Sunderland football. Well, I can't remember what that was called. 
Sorrow until, until I, I die. die. Yeah, that was a fabulous. It was really good. I can't wait for season two. Oh, well, because I kind of know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. That that's that's your third thing. No, that was my third thing. It's your third thing. I All was right. Okay. Following up on well, your third then thing. You know where we are now. Netflix. We are at the Netflix suggestion of the week. Jason, what should people watch this week? There's a documentary on Netflix. I know that you're a docu- documentary guy. This might. There's no way. Okay. There's no way this is doubled up. All right. If this is doubled up, I mean, just call it a day. At that point, we'll never podcast again. This we'll close it down. Are you prepared to follow that up with no, action? Okay, I don't care. Behind the curve. No, I don't. have you? Okay, so this is a ninety-minute, ninety-five-minute documentary mm-hmm. on the flat Earth community. Ooh, listen, don't knock it. It is so compelling. Now it's not. A documentary trying to get you to believe in the They're flat earth. They're not making a case for flat They're earth. They're not making a case for the flat earth. Although, a case can be made. I'm not going to confirm or deny that I might be a flat earther. But <laughs> this documentary... Nobody is surprised when they find out that you're a flat earther. Listen. I would be surprised if you weren't. People instantly shut off the show when they realize that I'm a flat earther. <laughs> if... Uh, so this documentary, it, it's not trying pro or anti flat Earth. It's a documentary about the community yeah. that follows this flat Earth thing, yeah. and it is the best thing that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. You have to watch this behind the curve. Behind the curve, I might watch it. It's really, really good. Okay. So I played it for my daughter. She watched it. Mm-hmm. She liked it, and then I think my wife was going to watch it too, but. Uh, she was getting ready to leave, and I really wanted to what watch it. What do you feel it, like so is the, the most compelling flat earth argument? Look, pro? Yeah. Gosh. I heard one time, I heard a guy like say like 10 in a row. I don't remember. It was like an interview or something. Yeah. And when he got done, I was like, you know what? That kind of makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, so I'm, watch- I'm also watching it with Harrison. He didn't make it very long. Uh-huh. Um, I think Harrison would have made it if they were – Making a case for or against it, right? Because he's more this wired was that just way. About the people, it's about the people. It's a human interest story. But uh, we had an open conversation in my living room between me and Harrison about flat Earth, non-flat Earth, mm-hmm. and then uh, the landing on the moon, mm-hmm. which I, I I really honestly believe from the bottom of my heart that it was faked. And it was a Hollywood studio of some variety. Right. And Harrison agreed. And he said, I can totally see that. That makes sense. I don't understand how he did it, whatever. But he could not get past the flat earth. Like, he's been indoctrinated to believe that we live on a round ball. Uh, so sad, isn't it? I know. I mean, I don't even know what they're teaching in school nowadays. Because it's not critical thinking. They just teach you a list of things to remember. Yeah. Remember, the earth is round. Well, what they're teaching you is how to get the highest test score. That's all they care about. That's actually true. State testing. Mm-hmm. We got to get the state testing. That's all they want is that. And so they're not teaching you to learn. They're teaching you how to get the best grade possible on this specific test. Yes. Not life, not how to learn, not logic. They're yeah. not interested in any of that. No. Nope. They just want the very best test score on this specific state test so they get – you know, a higher rating. Yeah. It's annoying. It is annoying. I've I've seriously, like, seriously, for the first time in my life, in the last, like, six months, thought about homeschooling my kids. I I, I have to, for real. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we actually, we can talk about this after the show, because I'm sure nobody cares about the details of our family. Um, although we've talked Doesn't about our family half of the, stop yeah, us from We just talked about, about that all, yeah. all episode. But... Um, I saw this – one of my kids right now is struggling in school, and um, I saw this this uh, Facebook ad of an Asian guy, which when Asian guys are interviewed, they, they instantly – their credibility goes up um, because they're intelligent people, mm, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean they're Asian. But he's basically going down a line of logic to say we need to stop teaching our kids to compete with robots. Mm. He said that everything that we do, we're setting them up for failure. He yeah. goes, if a robot or a machine can do it, 
then don't teach it to our kids. Mm. So like math, yeah. not that we shouldn't teach our kid the basic principles of math because those are good things, but don't teach your kid to do what a calculator or a machine can calculate. Yeah. He said we need to be teaching our kids teamwork. We need to be teaching our kids art. You know, being creative. We need to teach our kids uh, logic. You know, the whole the whole train of thought that you just went down. He said, basically, he 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 wound it down to this: We need to make our kids celebrate being human. Mm-hmm. What celebrates us from being human, separate from machines and AI and robots? Right. Because twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years down the road, that's what's going to make a difference. Yeah. The Earth is flat. Behind the curve is a documentary in which, whether you're for or against the flat earth, mm-hmm. you'll be fascinated by this documentary. Okay. I'll watch it. I, I, it's really good. I'm interested. All right. My Netflix suggestion of the week is a Netflix documentary. Ooh. I don't think it's a Netflix original, but it's on Netflix. It is called The Dawn Wall. D-A-W-N. The Dawn Wall. And uh, The Dawn Wall is a wall... In Yosemite National Park, uh, it's a cliff edge. Okay. You know, it's not El Capitan. That's a famous one. But there's this specific cliff edge called called the Dawn Wall. The reason it's called the Dawn Wall because you've seen, like, images of Yosemite of the sun coming in, you know. Um, And this is the first, like, face that gets the sun in the morning. So that's why it's called the Dawn Wall. Yeah. Anyway, it's about this guy named Tommy Caldwell, and he is this world-class climber. And he is creating a route up to be the first person, him and his uh, friend or, I don't know, partner, uh, Kevin Jorgensen. Kevin Jorgensen is a – they call him a um, boulder – what do they call it? Boulder climber or something like that? He he specializes in hand climbing short boulders and things like that. But anyway, it's these guys uh, climbing up the, the, the Dawn Wall, the first ones ever to do it. And, uh, like a free climb, it's no a, ropes. It's a, they have ropes, safety ropes. Okay. But they're the ones – the ropes aren't assisting in any of the climbing. Right. They're just there when they fall because the climb is so difficult. Nobody could do it. Right. Like there was this one section he had to do like, you know, I don't know, um, like 20, 30 times before he actually got it. Yeah. You know, and this guy's like the best in the world. So – but the whole thing is you have to do it in one shot. And it, since it takes like 20 days, you camp on the wall. So you, oh hang, you hang a tent um, like from the wall and you yeah. sleep on the tent just How hanging How tall on the wall. is this wall? I think it's 3,000 feet, something like that. Jeez. So I think it took them – yeah, 3,000-foot rock face in Yosemite National Park. It took them something like 20 days or something like that. And they, they camp up there. You know, how do they get food? They just backpack it. Yeah, they they have this giant backpack, and they got you know freeze dried stuff and things that can. Boy, um, man, that seems like that you're making it more difficult. Could you climb it in half the time if you didn't bring extra stuff? No, I think it just takes what it takes because the physical effort. Because this one thing that took them twenty times to do it, like you should see these guys. They're phenomenal. And by the way, this uh, this dude, um, the main guy, Tommy Caldwell, he's he's missing half of his index finger. He cut it off with the saw. And they told him you'll never climb again. And he found a way to climb, like, like a new way to grip. Okay. And he's still the best in the world. Wow. You know? um, Why did he cut his finger off? He was using a like a circular saw, and he tried to oh, pull the wood back. He didn't like do it himself. No, no, no. no. The way he, you made it, it sound like he, yeah, he just cut his finger yeah, off. Just, yeah, I'm the best. This is too easy. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> you don't think I could do it with four fingers? Watch me. Watch me. Well, he can. The guy's phenomenal. Um, and I'm always fascinated. I love rock climbing documentaries, mountain climbing <laughs> documentaries. I know it sounds crazy, but there's a lot of I'm them. I'm a big fan of rock climbing documentaries. There's a good, Listen, I understand. There's a lot of them. I love alien really, and UFO documentaries. They're always really compelling. Yeah. The people, they're usually very like kind of arrogant. Yes. There's a lot of pride there because it's like uh-huh. me and the rock. It's very dangerous. Yes. So it's like if you're like a dad, to do this is reckless. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you're just, you know. Just waiting for the day that you're going to die eventually like this. You, you would think so. Eventually we all die. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Um, so, um, yeah, it's called The Dawn Wall, and it's really compelling. Uh, I think it's rated TVMA, uh, but it's because obviously, you know, every once in a while you fall off the rock, you, you yell out a cuss word, you know. So mm-hmm. they didn't bleep out the cuss words. But 
other than that, it's, you know, it's fine. But it tells his whole story. He was rock climbing in like the Middle East when he was like 20 years old and he was uh, held captive, him and a bunch of people by these uh, uh, militants. And then he had to push a guy over. He, had, he, he the guy that um, kidnapped him and his friends had a gun and they were, he, they had to follow them because the guy yeah. had the gun and they were climbing up this this rock and he noticed this guy wasn't sure footed and he pushed him off the edge wow and that's i mean the guy's got an amazing story yeah um it's really good um so i would encourage you if you like that sort of thing to watch it it's called the did you watch it with your kids no just just with uh the wife okay yeah but she thought it was interesting so how long she doesn't like all of the documentaries that i like i think it's i don't know i mean it's like an hour and a half, okay. I think. It's a good documentary. Length. 90 minutes is a good length for a documentary. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be really phenomenal. Or like the style of documentary, like a Ken Burns style. That's like a like, miniseries type this of thing. Is, I'm sitting down, yeah. and this is this yeah. is going to consume my life. So, yeah. I, You know, I, I am convinced that there are people out there, like Ken Burns, but there's mm-hmm. other guys out there. Um, you can make a documentary about anything. Mm-hmm. And and it would be compelling, you know, the whole idea of, you know, they're good enough to sing. They could sing the phone book. Yeah. You could have a documentary about a phone book and make it compelling. I think so. I love stuff like that. I, yeah. I find it fascinating. If it's the, a well-done documentary, I don't care what the subject is. But see, that's the thing I, I find interesting is – so, like, I, I watch some shows with my wife that most people would roll their eyes at. One of them – on TLC, which we don't have anymore, but I used to watch it with her, is like say yes to the dress, and it's about these. No, I know what it's about. Ladies, well, there might not be not everybody knows, <laughs> but they they go into this like fancy place and they pick out dresses that cost like eight thousand dollars or twelve thousand mm-hmm. or a hundred thousand dollars, crazy yeah. amounts of money. But I I love watching it like the dynamic of what do you do for a living. That you're dropping $35,000 on a wedding dress that you're going to wear for about four hours. And then it's going to sit in a shelf somewhere for the rest, whatever. Like, what choices did you make in life to get to this? Mm -hmm. That you have to be in the most expensive thing. You know, all this other stuff. Yeah. I just find that stuff fascinating. There's a bunch of things like that. Yeah. If there's a human story to be told, Mm -hmm. I'm all in. We don't talk anymore. We watch talk shows. We don't play games anymore. We watch game shows. That's a line from Incredibles 2. Which is also a Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I watch that with my family the other day. Jack-Jack. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like Jack-Jack. It's all right. Not as good as a first. Well. All right, Jason. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? So you don't want to hear about the town in uh, Germany that had a 12-year supply of toilet paper that finally ran out. I don't understand how that happens. Well, in 2006, there was a clerical error. Uh, somebody was ordering like toilet city? paper. The city? The city, yeah, for like their public buildings and stuff like okay. that. And uh, there was a clerical error, and then all of a sudden one day a semi-truck full of toilet paper showed up. They're like, we got your toilet paper here. And they had to form a four-man committee just to find places to put this toilet paper. For like storage. For storage. Because it's like, this is, we don't have any place to put this. And they just ran out of their 12-year supply gotcha. of toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> it's called Fuchstall okay. in Germany. Yeah. Is there a documentary on it? There should be. That would make a fascinating. It would be a good documentary. Yes. Don't you think? Like the guy who yeah. did it, did he get fired? You know, like what that whole process was. Maybe it was a good, maybe it saved them lots of money. Maybe. I'll bet they learned something in the process. I'll bet they learned something. Someone It forced them to think in ways that they had never thought of before. (laughs) You either win or you learn. Who buys the toilet paper at your house? Um, Well, we buy it at at, um, Costco. So you're in agreement on the brand. Yes, we buy the Kirkland toilet paper at Costco. Anything Kirkland's going to be good. Yeah. So we don't go to Costco, unfortunately. Why? Well, we just... Don't have the membership. I don't know. We just don't go. Like okay. it's too far away or whatever. The, it, you, you, Listen, I understand. You were just right? in Columbus. We like to. Okay. Monday. You were in Columbus Monday. You could have stopped at Costco on the way home and picked could up have. some toilet paper. Could have. I buy far superior toilet paper than my wife does. For some reason, that's like one of the things. It's not everything. Trust me. It's not everything. <laughs> but that's one of the things that she decides to pinch pennies on, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? If I got to spend an extra five bucks... 
to get good toilet paper, I'm going to spend the extra five bucks and get the toilet paper that I actually want. Tell me this. Yeah. Do you keep a secret stash of the nice toilet paper somewhere? I, I wouldn't that... even know where to keep it, to be honest with you. See, I would do that yeah. if I was you. I'd buy a nice pack mm-hmm. and I would stash Just, it somewhere. Yeah. Give your kids and the wife the cheap stuff. Yeah. Keep the nice stuff for yourself. I just, you know, I'm just saying, if I got to say no to a coffee, an extra coffee once or twice a month in order to spend a little bit, if that's the budgeting decision I'm going to make, I'd rather have better toilet paper, make my coffee at home more often. Yeah. Coincidentally, coffee and toilet paper are usually used simultaneously. (laughs) What are you talking about? Well, every time I drink coffee, I usually poop in the morning. You don't? No. Oh, man. I drink a pot a day. I don't go until I've had my coffee. But once I've had my coffee, within 30 minutes, I will. Really? If I have my coffee at 6 in the morning, 6.30. If I have my coffee at 9 in the morning, 9.30. It does not happen to me. It does to me. Huh. Like a clock. The real problem is when I had the coffee... Well, actually, that happened this morning. <laughs> but I timed it out. I had my coffee with me. Yes. So I'm drinking the coffee while I'm driving your boys to school this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. Everything's fine. I got it all timed out. It's all good. Train. Uh, threw you off. Yep. Threw me off. I barely made it home. <laughs> what they call a photo finish. <laughs> all right. That's it. Do you have anything else? No. All right. This is Dan signing off for Jason. Reminding you to always keep your stick on the ice and never wear the blue sweats.